All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your co-host, Tyler Bedson. Tyler, what kind of animal do you feel like today? All right. So there's a new list out recently as of July of the nine most interesting animals in the world. Ooh. And I feel like the most interesting one on this list, which is a hyrax. Excuse me. Okay. Hyrax. H-Y-R-A-X. And first of all, this looks like a miniature rat koala. This is adorable. It's related to elephants and manatees. What? Yeah, apparently this thing grows tusks, and its teeth are like those of a rhinoceros. I'm in love with this thing. And it has, like, hooves. This thing is adorable. I love it. He's got little tusks. Yeah, it's very interesting-looking creature. Like, it makes you wonder, like, how did these evolve? Like... This one, literally, this caption is the Hyrax, the elephant's cousin, and it's a picture of one laying on a park bench. That's probably what I would do, too. Yeah, I'd lay on a park bench. Like, they, they, these don't look like it would be related to an elephant at all. Their little tusks are hilarious because they just look like buck teeth. Yep, they look like just fat rats, which is what I feel like today. I feel like a fat rat. A fat rat. Okay. Also known as a Hyrax. <laughs> well, I I do not feel like a fat rat. I feel like a, a mountain pygmy possum, um, which is basically a miniature possum. They weigh up to four ounces. That's as big as they get. What, what kind of possum is this? You it's said it's a mountain pygmy possum. Mountain pygmy possum. It sounds like something you find in like West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> they uh they're found in Australia primarily, and. Let's see. They hibernate during the winter, and they have three to four pups during the spring. They're called pups, and that's adorable. But they only get up to four ounces. They live in little crevices and cracks and rock formations. These things look like they would be hunted by birds very fast. I want. I, I feel like they actually are. Like these. These don't look like they're going to be around for many more years. They eat. how many? Yeah, there's only 2,000 of these left. Wow. There's like exactly 2,000? Like they've taken account of all of them? I or would not be just... surprised. Uh, but uh, get, how, how much do you think these weigh? No, the max weight is 60 grams, which is four ounces. Yeah. So yeah. the average one weighs 1.6 ounces. It's adorable. Yeah, like that's like a, a, a serving of almonds almost. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can guess the fat content of one of these things right now. It's just like, <laughs> like you wouldn't even know if you like were even had one of these on you. Like it weighs that little. Yeah, they they primarily eat moths. If that tells you anything. Yeah, I mean, if I ate moths, I'd probably be that small too. That's fair. Well, on that topic, on that note, talking about eating stuff, Tyler, what are we talking about today? Today, we are going to talk about fad diets and why they suck. Mm -hmm. um, so I get asked questions a lot about all sorts of different diets. And it seems like a new one comes out almost every year. Yes. Right. Like, you know, you'll hear about the the newest one I've been hearing about is like Octavia diet. We'll, and we'll start with that. That seems to be the one where it's like people are like, I'm doing Octavia or, you know, uh, and I'm doing this. So I, I looked into this one because somebody asked me about it. And basically what it is, just like every other single diet there is, 
is it's a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it makes you not include a lot of certain foods. And then it does these things called fuelings, which are apparently like they're, you know, basically you have to buy your bars or like it's like candy bars from them. Basically, they're horrible with nutrients. But they, mm-hmm. they claim they're healthy, but it's like a brownie or a cookie. Mm-hmm. And you have to do these fuelings. And overall, the issues with this diet after looking at it are it's just severe calorie deficit the malnutrition yeah so low in food that you're missing out on proper nutrients you're going to get nutrition nutrient deficiencies um you're likely going to be so hungry that you're going to binge eat and then even worse you know you might follow this diet and get what's labeled as as quick results after you're done doing the diet or whenever you quit which the thing is with diets it needs to turn into a lifestyle yep and and that's the worst thing about a fad diet is people do this temporarily like like, i'm going to do octavia for six weeks and they may lose you know 20 pounds really fast but then they gain 30. yeah so so a few things with that if if any diet out there is trying to sell you on a few things speaking in absolutes as far as a guarantee of how much weight you will lose in a certain amount of time run away if they are speaking in an absolute that any micro or macronutrient or food source is the devil run away those are two things that are just entirely unfair and untrue and immoral because at the end of the day there's no carbs proteins and fats aren't inherently evil none of them are it's how we choose to consume them and in most cases over consume them right so with that being said too if i have an athlete or a client come to me they reach out for coaching and they tell me man i want to lose 20 pounds in six weeks that's cool who knows I'm not going to guarantee that because that's not fair. It's like we're going to do it in a healthy, sustainable way over time. That's actually going to be beneficial to you because I can have someone lose 20 pounds in two or three weeks if I wanted to, but I'm going to nuke them and I'm not going to do that, right? So it's like this goes back to also instant gratification, right? We all want to lose weight quick, but I want to lose body fat and gain muscle to look the way that I want to and doing those at the same time, which is possible, takes time, right? It's not going to happen in four weeks. We all want to look a certain way because it's not easily achievable. That's that's the key, man, is what you said is I've got a lot of people that come to me and, you know, my my programming, I want people to lose maybe, you know, one to two pounds a week is actually really good. Perfect. You know, yeah. and that's majority of the time what I get from people. But I will have some that think that that's not fast enough or they're not doing enough work because, you know, a lot of these diets preach these like 40 pound quick weight loss. But what you don't realize, you're losing a lot of water weight. Mm -hmm. You're losing a little bit of fat. You're probably losing some muscle, too. And then you have you have people that look stringy and, you know, malnourished rather than strong and healthy. Yeah. Sorry, I would rather I would rather have somebody, you know, lose 12 pounds in six weeks and look great and have major changes than them lose 20 pounds in six weeks and feel like trash. For sure. We also look at it too. When you're wearing, when you're being deprived at this rate and you're losing muscle, you are literally slowing your metabolic rate, right? So you're actually breaking your metabolism is the easiest way to explain it. So then once you finally get sick and tired of this diet and your malnourished brain has finally convinced you to start eating food out of desperation as it starts producing ghrelin and leptin to convince you that you're hungry and continue to be hungry, you're actually going to just accrue more body fat because you've lost muscle. 
you've ruined your metabolism. So you're actually going to do literally the opposite of what we all want to do, which is put on muscle and burn fat. You're just going to burn muscle and put on fat and basically the same amount of time. And in the meantime, you're also going to spend way too much fucking money on these stupid diets because they cost an arm and a leg for no reason. Yeah, that's that's the goal with a lot of these is to get money. You know, I mean, it ranges from a lot of them are like pyramid schemes. Uh, oh, that's what, what that is. What was, what was the one we were, I, I can think of that was real popular back whenever I was like working at the supplement store? Uh, Herbalife and Zija. Yep. Um, and, you know, people would buy these like weight gain shakes or weight loss shakes. But in reality, you would look at them, the nutrient profile of these shakes and they were equivalent to like eating a Snickers bar. You know, it'd be like 11 grams of fat, 18 grams of carbs and, you know, 15 grams of protein per scoop. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's labeled as healthy. And it's like, uh, it's not exactly healthy. It's actually pretty horrible for you. You know, it's a lot of soy protein and yeah, uh, like. Herbalife is one that drives me crazy, man. And, you know, I know there's a lot of those little shake places popping up and, you know, a lot of people do Herbalife shakes. Well, you're better off going to a store and buying a Snickers bar at that Mm -hmm. point. You know, you're getting really lousy, cheap protein and they're flavoring it like a Snickers bar anyway, in most cases. So it's it's garbage it really is and i i hate telling people that because so many people believe in these things and they're like can i use my herbal life protein and i'm like go and send me nutrition facts of it and i'm like no and i explained to them look at these nutrition facts and then yeah. i will like send them the nutrition facts of you know um a, a candy bar and they'll be like almost dead on that's yeah. not good yeah it's it's and listen dude even my own mother fell into one of these like last year where she bought this whole plan because one of her coworkers had bought it. And it was like, uh, if it was a diet that was like, she's supposed to do like a scoop of this, you know, fat burning protein powder, which was basically like 11 grams of protein. And it was just caffeine, right. As to be like, quote unquote, the appetite suppressant, it was just stimulants and shitty quality protein. And then she's supposed to have like an apple with it. And then like one of her meals was like a salad and like one of this plans i forget which diet it was but it was a pyramid scheme and like one of their protein bars which was basically a cliff bar it was just like fat and carbs and nothing good and she tried it and she's like i'm just not losing weight and i'm like yeah because you're 54 years old and you're malnourished like you're not this isn't how it's supposed to go right and she paid like 400 dollars for a month's supply of this shit you know what I mean? I was like, how about you just go buy a good protein powder and you drink two protein shakes a day and here's the rest of what you should do and go get 10,000 steps a day and lo and behold, she lost 20 pounds. Like yep. crazy. And She's it, kept it off. It's crazy because like we said, man, all a diet is majority of the time is a caloric deficit. So, you know, um, like I can think of a bunch of other types of diets we could talk about. You have intermittent fasting, you have keto, carnivore diet uh atkins diets uh south beach diet paleo all of these are just caloric deficits but the issue is they make it into like a fad where everybody follows it and they make it seem like it's better or you know faster and Mm -hmm. in reality you're just cutting out stuff that's necessary nutrients to get progress but you could actually make this into a lifestyle and get much better sustainable results that you can take with you for years to come yeah, I think I think keto is the one diet that in this list that I will kind of put a caveat beside 
I think that you and I both have used it in certain situations where it is applicable, right? Where if you're working like, let's say with someone who's very sedentary and has no desire to exercise, that might actually be a good idea for them, right? But it's when we're getting into these diets where it's like, like a Weight Watchers or an Adkins or Octavia or any of this bullshit where it's like you have to buy a coach, quote unquote coach through the brand and they just tell you what meals to buy on the plan and it's just straight restriction, that's where I think it's just a game of morality or lack thereof. But you're looking at some of these diets where it's yeah. like, like I have no problem using keto, right? Like my, my father loves it. He's a big fan of it. He travels a lot. It's very easy for him to adhere to. And it keeps, he's lost a bunch of weight and he's kept it off for the most part. But the problem is the people who sit in the keto camp are telling other people that carbs are the devil and they're not, right? That's where it's like, that's where I have the issue of like speaking in absolutes. Keto works if you do it right. Any diet works if you do it right, but it comes down to you as a whole. Like my experience with, I've done a majority of these diets in my life as a former fat kid. I wanted to lose weight super quick, right? And I'm also an extremist. So I was like, I want to lose this as quick as I can. So I've tried, I've tried Weight Watchers did not fucking work for me. Like I've tried, I've done intermittent fasting. And for me, I pushed it too far because I'm an extremist and I was doing 48 hour fasts and then I would binge eat. And then that's how I became bulimic, right? And so it just defeated the whole purpose of doing it. Whereas I've done carnivore, I've done keto. Like I've tried all of these. I've tried the vertical diet because I wanted to experiment and see what I could get out of them, right? And kind of figure them out as a whole and kind of find the holes and troubleshoot them. And what I found is like, all of them will work to a certain degree until they don't. But if you just have diversity in your diet and approach it in an ethical patient manner, you're going to go a lot further in that, right? Yeah. That's like, like you mentioned with keto, keto has a time and place, you know, I don't think keto is something somebody should stay in for their, their whole life. For sure. Like, yeah. I can see, you know, I throw it in sometimes in contest prep. I've thrown mm -hmm. it in occasionally for like a general nutrition client just to get a little bit more fat off or, you know, help them with insulin sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really it, but I'm not going to do that for, you know, Ever. 12 months out of the year. Mm -mm. That's, that's, that's crazy. The same thing with like intermittent fasting. I have so many people come to me and they're like, I want to do intermittent fasting. And I'm like, why? Like you, you can get the same results eating throughout the day and probably perform a lot better as far as cognitively, um, physically everything and feel like a much healthier person. If you just eat throughout the day, you don't have to set a four or six hour eating window. Well, it's ridiculous like you you can actually eat food and have a much more sustainable lifestyle and feel better well i saw a guy who's gotten really famous on instagram he popped up on my feed because he does omad which is one meal a day where he fasts for fucking 22 hours a day and then basically just eats anything under the sun and it's like okay that might i again i don't necessarily understand the purpose of it right? As someone who's done it before, because you're basically just glorifying binge eating in certain regards. But it's like, we've, we've done a whole episode about optimizing nutrient timing. And what world does me not eating all day and then right before bed eating a bunch of fats and sugars and carbs and whatever else my malnourished brain is telling me I should eat going to benefit me, right? It just, it sounds counterproductive to internal health. That's the thing, like, you know, it's much better to feed yourself with nutrients throughout the day rather than deprive yourself of nutrients and then, you know, do this gigantic feeding where your body's going to struggle to digest it. Mm -hmm. And 
it's just, you know, I've had people do that with macro diets before too, you know, like we talked about, you know, they'll, they'll deprive themselves all day, eat these tiny meals of like just, you know, chicken and vegetables. And then at night they go and try to eat macro cap. Uh, yeah. 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 They're like, I've got 40 protein, 150 carbs and 50 fat left. I'm going to go ahead and do, you know, Chipotle bowl and a burrito and, and halo a, top. Yeah. Halo top and, you know, Reese's pieces. And then they wonder why their blood glucose is spiked and they look like you know only their stomach is expanding but everywhere else is lean dude so, I've, I've done that i've been that guy that's the thing i speak on all of this out of experience right i think the problem with again with a lot of these diets is you are providing way too much opportunity for people to try to outsmart the diet in certain regards and in reality it's actually a detriment to you like i was the dude when I did flexible dieting where I was eating fucking six quest bars a day, right? Cause oh, net carbs, I can eat more carbs. And it's like, okay, well I was also spending $30 a day or $40 a day just on protein bars and farting all day long. Right. And it wasn't, I wasn't progressing, right. Where it's like you try to all these crazy, like flexible dieting, uh, you know, meals and recipes and stuff where you're just using a ton of artificial sweeteners and because they're like, Oh, it's only got four grams of net carbs. And it's like, well, that's not, we can't try to use a cheat code for every meal because it's not going to work the way you think it does, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people need to stop thinking that if it, of these diets. There's dieting for weight loss rather than thinking of dieting for fat loss. And yeah. I think that'll be a much better transition to the lifestyle because we don't want people dropping, you know, rapid amounts of weight. That's not a healthy way to do this. We no. we would rather, or I would rather see people drop at a healthy rate and learn how to do this long term. So, you know, whenever I'm constructing a diet, a lot of people are, you know, very surprised to see that I'm including a lot of foods that they like or they didn't think they could eat. Like, you know, there's no problem with having a little bit of bread. There's not yep. a problem with having some pasta or some cereal. Mm -hmm. There's no issues with fruit or, you know, servings of vegetables. And I, I've seen people, even like other coaches in my local area, cut out fruit completely from diets because they think that that's like a, a an enemy or something, or it's going to yeah. make them gain fat when it's like, no, you can construct a diet and you can probably keep majority of things in there as long mm -hmm. as it's quality, nutritious food. Like I'm not talking like, don't we, we're of course not going to make a diet filled with Reese's pieces, but I wish you would. I mean, yeah, of course everybody like that, but you know, we're, we, we can still include a lot of these things. And then with a lot of these diets, like keto, you're cutting out carbohydrates, mm -hmm. you know, you're doing more fats, um, with weight watchers. Once again, it's a low carb diet. With yeah. carnivore, it is a low-carb diet just with meat. just meat. Yeah. You know, and then you have uh, paleo, which is, you know, you're basically a low-carb diet. You're cutting out grains and you're eating mostly like nuts, seeds, and, you know, meat. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's what a lot of these are, are just calorie deficits in I some think, one way or another. And it always kind of boils back down to a game of patience, right? Like I just posted one today, one of my transformations today for my client, Matthew. He's been with me for seven months and on paper, he's lost 21 pounds. So it's like, okay, he's only technically lost three pounds a, a month, which is really kind of on track of a pound a week or so. But if you look at the pictures and we look at our, his measurements, when we look at his logbook, you see like 
he's clearly he's put on muscle and lost 21 pounds. So he's actually lost more fat than that, but he's been patient through the process. Like we worked through a health phase and a reverse diet to get his metabolic rate up. And now we're in a dieting phase and he's still getting stronger while losing fat because he's been patient with the process. But I'm going to say something that's probably going to aggravate a lot of people. And I really fucking hope it does. I am anti anti diet culture at this point. I don't know why this fucking trend is coming around of anti-diet culture where all these coaches are trying to preach the saying of, oh, you can eat everything that you want and still lose weight. I think it's bullshit, right? I think that in a certain regard, any diet or the diet approach that we use is completely applicable and it's necessary to a certain regard. Like that's why I don't believe in flexible dieting anymore. You shouldn't be able to eat everything that you've wanted to previous because that's what's hindering you from your results, right? A lot of this comes down to a game of a game of restriction, which to me is just a game of like prioritizing your goals, right? Like for me, I understand I cannot eat ice cream every fucking day in the off season or I will get fat. And we know what turns that like how prep looks when I get fat in the off season, right? So I just have to have the discipline to say I can eat these things and I can't eat these things and I will be okay because I'm getting closer to my results. Yeah. A lot of this man, like is, is simple lifestyle choices. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's going, you know, it, people were going to McDonald's twice a day for meals and it's like, cook something at home. Yeah. You could literally probably cook something exactly what you order, but in a healthier version and lose weight. And you guess what? It's cheaper. It. Yeah. It, which cheaper, but also horrible for you. No, no, I'm saying I'm saying cooking at home is usually cheaper for you. Oh, yeah, because you're buying an actual like bulk and you can cook some of these things daily. Yeah, uh, it's just people want to go for the lazy, convenient route. Like and then even with their choices, like I've had people where, you know, they, they've forgotten their meal at home and they're like, I went and got Chick-fil-A and I got me a uh, fried chicken sandwich and a large fry. And I'm like, you know, they've you easily gotten a grilled sandwich and a fruit cup. Yep, And you just you just chose to have this shitty thing. And you know what this does is it puts them in a caloric surplus mm -hmm. that takes them out of their deficit. And then they're like, I don't know why I didn't see progress this week. It's like because of your choices. Oh, yeah. I've, I've told the story before. I had a guy um, reach out to me. He just started with me and he he was like, hey, man, I, I forgot to pack meal two while I was out at work. So I went to Buffalo Wild Wings and I got 30 wings. 30 wings. I'm like, that's, I literally did the math. There's 3,200 calories of wings, which is obviously more than his daily intake, right? And he's like, I just don't know why I'm seeing progress this week. I'll just send you the check, the screenshot of the check-in. And I'm like, because you ate a, ate a pound of fat worth of wings because you decided to, instead of eating your turkey sandwich that was in your meal plan, you just decided to full fucking send it at B-dubs, right? Like you could have gotten six wings or 12 wings or anything that's on the menu that's actually grilled because I know they have a whole menu of that. Or you could have gone to Chipotle or Chick-fil-A. There's a whole laundry list of options, right? That were from most optimal to least optimal. You picked about the bottom of the bucket option and ate 30 wings. Like you just chose that on your own. Yeah, right? it, like, it's, a lot of it, man, is we, we're raised in a culture where most people are taught convenience Mm -hmm. And it's made a lot of people lazy, like yeah. where preparing a meal now is like a chore. And it's like, it doesn't take long for you to make a sandwich or grill some chicken 
to be prepared for the week or cook some rice in a rice cooker. But yet we have a lot of people will be like, I don't have time. Dude, I had a, I, listen, I had a guy, he, he did not last. He lasted three check-ins with me. He told me he was super busy. I was like, man, listen, I get it. So I build him a plan and, and his diet roughly just off the top of my head, his first meal was like a shake and two packs of instant oatmeal and like 15 grams of peanut butter. He had two meals that were like just turkey sandwiches on Dave's killer bread and like an apple. And then I think his only meal that was actually needed to be cooked was chicken, a chicken and rice meal, right? And then his post-workout meal was a shake and cereal. And for three check-ins in a row, he told me, man, I just don't have time to prep my food. And I said, where? Because I, I, can, I can tell you that to make your first meal takes two minutes, literally. To make your second and third meal takes maybe two minutes tops. Your third meal takes 10 minutes. And your last meal takes two minutes. So you, you're telling me you can't find 20 minutes in your day to prepare your food. And for three check-ins, it went like that. And he, he left. Like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Is it, The world's filled with excuses. Yeah. Um, you know, I have coached roughly over a thousand people, maybe more at this point. And it's like, you know, I have found I'm very lucky to have a lot of hard workers, but I've also figured out how lazy people are and how many excuses they can make. And it's excuses over everything. And I'm just like, if you would just apply yourself and actually want to do this and you would get so much results. And I've had so many people prove that. For every single person that I've had that's given me, you know, an excuse or something, I've had a similar person in the exact same or worse situation get it done. Oh, and yeah. I've always told people that. I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's great that you work night shift. So do 35 other people that I know. <laughs> and oh, they still yeah. do this. And the, what, what's quick for people to do is they try to find these quick schemes, like we've talked about, mm -hmm. where they're like, okay, I'm just going to do this or I'm going to deprive myself. And then they wonder why they quit. Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to set you up with a plan where you can actually do this and, you know, long term feel good with your schedule and you're not even trying. Here, and it goes back to the same. I always use these two explanations, right? The, again, if, if you want this as bad as you claim you do, you'll fucking do it because I've done it myself. And that's how I look at it. And I've had plenty of other people do it for me, right? Like my clients that have asked them to do it, right? Ultimately, like this is a lifelong, ever-evolving journey that actually doesn't have a destination, right? When I got into this, I thought there was a destination. Guess what? There actually isn't. I'm going to break a lot of people's hearts with that. But there's a quote and it says, the man who falls in love with walking will travel further than the man who falls in love with the destination, if you fall in love with the process, you will go vastly further. And again, that's me speaking on my experience because for a long time, I would compare myself to other people, right? When I was a young kid, I'd be like, man, I want to look like them. I want to look like them. I spent more of my energy focused on other people who had achieved what I wanted to achieve versus looking at what I needed to do and putting focus in what I needed to do every day to get there. And when I finally just put my nose to the grindstone and put my head in the dirt and worked, one day I looked up and I said, oh shit, I've made progress because I fell in love with the process, right? And that's what it comes down to. But again, when you sign up with a coach, when you sign up with either of us, at some point you saw intrinsic value in what we were offering, whether it is through our, our, our own individual pro progress as athletes or the information we post or our transformations we posted, something brought you and said, 
I trust what they're saying. I'm going to give them my dollars for them to tell me what to do. And throughout the entire step process of applying, you know, filling out the application, submitting the application, corresponding back and forth with either of us, doing the consultation call, then receiving the plan. During all of that, you have the opportunity to back out, right? You have the opportunity to go, ah, never mind, but you stick around. And then at the end, when I tell you the money you gave me, I'm going to give you the blueprint that will help you achieve your results, and I hand it to you, and then you go, I don't want to do that. Make it make sense. Yeah. Make it make sense. That's the thing is like, a lot of this stuff is absolutely doable. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've tried to make it easy as possible on people, especially if it's a general nutrition client. You know, there's there's ways to get around this. I try to put myself in other people's shoes, what they're doing. As long as you're telling me what's going on, I can kind of really there's try to work fit around. That in. You know, there's always a way to work around things. You know, I've I've worked factory jobs myself. I've you know I've worked in uh, jobs where I can't leave from talking to customers all day long, but I've I figured it out and I know yep. how to do things. But um. That that's the thing is there's there's a strategy and it's lifestyle changes. And that's what I try to encourage with people. Like it, it's pretty simple to, you know, stop drinking full sugar soda and sugar juices and switch to water. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pretty easy to stop eating processed foods and switch to lean meats. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there are still rices you can buy that you can microwave. Yep. There are fruits that you can buy that are already prepared. It's easy to walk for five minutes after every meal. It is not hard to put turkey on slices of bread and put would, a piece of cheese on it. You would be surprised, apparently. <laughs> apparently, that is a daunting. Path. I've heard all the excuses before, man. Like it, yep. it's one thing I can tell people as a coach is I've done this for so long I can tell when somebody isn't following the plan. It's very obvious, mm -hmm. and. When, when you're coming to somebody, like you said, you're trusting them to get you to where you need to be. So if you're already doing one of these like fad diets and I tell you like, hey, that's there's much better way. We want to make this sustainable. Trust me, because I've had so many people do this successfully. And I've also gotten to witness so many people come to me that have tried these fad diets and failed. Well, let's let's look at the logic of that, too. If if I'm doing let's say I'm doing keto. Right. And I'm not seeing progress and I reach out to you. And I say, hey, Tyler, I'm not seeing progress with what I'm doing. What do you recommend? And you recommend something else? Why would I say no if the th and want to continue to do what I'm doing if I'm seeing no progress and I reached out to you to see progress? Yeah. Again, make it make sense. Well, you know, majority of the time, anytime somebody's reached out to me and they're already doing one of these diets, uh, the first thing I see is what they're doing is they're they're somehow overeating. They may be following this diet, you know, 70% of the time, but then, you know, the other 30% of the time they're eating out fast food or they're, you know, eating too many snacks, which add up, you know, every time you add a mini size Snickers, eventually you eat four of those. That's a whole Snickers bar every day. So mm -hmm. when you eat four star starbursts a day, you know, by the time you get through three days, you ate a whole pack of starbursts and, and these things add up. And I've always found that's the key with people is, you know, if something's not working, you're overeating. Yeah. In some way or another, you're overeating. You may not realize it. You may not see it. You may not even think to tell your coach about it because you just don't think it's wrong. But I've seen so many people and it's like, you know, they follow their diet to an extent, but they get in a bind and they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, 
it, it won't hurt me to have two slices of pizza. And then, you know, that two slices of per pizza turns into four slices of pizza and then they have two beers with it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the next day they're up four pounds. So they're like, oh, screw it. You know, I messed up yesterday. I might as well just go screw up today, too. Yeah. And it's like a chain reaction. And then they're like, well, I, I just need to quit. And it's like, no, you don't need to quit. You need to find more discipline with this. Mm -hmm. You need to be disciplined no matter what you're following and realize that it requires a deficit in one way or another. And it has to be something you can follow long term, even past working with a coach. Mm -hmm. Like I, my my least favorite thing is whenever I have somebody work with me, you know, for six months, and I make them lose 40 pounds. And then six months later, I see them post a picture on Facebook or whatever in their back, like 40 pounds up. Yeah. I'm like, what did what did you learn from me? Yeah, I try like, I try to teach as much as I can. So if that time comes that a, an athlete chooses to leave or do their own thing, they've at least got enough tools in their tool belt that they are full and capable of at least maintaining, right? At least holding on to the progress that they've made with me, right? Because that's, I mean, that's my job. I love to educate. That's like one of my favorite things to teach people what I've learned along the way. But I've seen it too, man. I've seen a couple, I saw, I went back to my hometown and was training at a gym. I saw a dude who was ghost left me twice. He left me last year, came back this year, left me again, and he's up probably 40 pounds since he oh, left God. me. And I was just like, I just shook my head. I was like, dude, come on, man. Right? Like, that's the thing is I, I, I saw a cli old client of mine the other day that worked with me for, you know, a year and got really great progress. And then, you know, he, he quit. And then I guess he got out of shape and decided to go with somebody else. And now that person made him lose like 10 pounds. And that that other coach posted the transformation. I'm like, oh, my God, what happened to this person? Like, it, it doesn't help that you went to another coach if you're still not going to follow your plan. Yeah, yeah. I made I made a post uh, of the vicious cycle that I see certain individuals follow. Um, I hope one of them's listening right now where you sign up with a coach, they put you in a health phase, and you follow it for maybe 10 days. And then you promote the shit out of your coach because now you're part of that team, your team, whatever. And then you follow the plan for 10 days. Maybe you stop following it to a T. It gets gradually worse and worse and worse. Six weeks in, you're disgruntled because you haven't seen results. So you leave said coach. You find the next trendy coach. You start with them. They put you in a health phase and you repeat. And we see this over and over and over and over. Was, I think it was Austin Stout made a good um, post about that the other day or a story post. And he was basically like, you know, if you're going to four different functional health coaches and not seeing results, maybe it's you and not the coaches. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's you, right? Because it's like at the end of the day, like there are a lot of things that I'm very secure in as a coach. And one thing I do know is like, I've never asked somebody to do something that I haven't done or that another athlete hasn't had to do either. Right. So I know that what I'm providing is practical at the end of the day. Right. Like you said, like you've got for every one person who complains, you've got another 10 or 30 of them in similar circumstances or worse circumstances. I've got some guys who are and girls who are absolute killers when it comes to in their general lifestyle, they're not even competitors who don't miss every week, no matter what. I've got a guy who travels. He's usually flying four to five days out of the out of the week to different states. And a lot of times the dude has told me he's eaten his meals nearly frozen in airports uh, to stick to the plan. Well, you know, and the thing is, is I always tell people because I've had some guys and, you know, they fall off on like a weekend or something like mm -hmm. that. And some lady like clients in general, they fall off on the weekend. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay to fall off. It, this is how you learn and how you 
learn how to make this sustainable, how to do better. Yeah. And I, I had a guy, you know, he fell off during the weekend, you know, it was time for him to renew. And he was like, man, I just can't do this. I like, uh, I fell off this weekend. I was like, bro, you only fail if you quit. Yep. And a weekend is not going to destroy your progress. You need to just be able to learn how to make this better. And what we did with him, which I thought was one of the greatest strategies is I added in a full free day on Saturday for him. Mm -hmm. And you know, that Saturday he's able to eat whatever he wants, you know, three or four meals a day eat when he's hungry and he spends time with his family. But on the weekdays, he follows his diet completely because he knows if he does well and he follows that on Saturday, he gets another full free day off. Yeah. And I use that a lot with my general nutrition clients and even sometimes with like my off season competition clients, because it's a great strategy to keep the mental focus and learn how to do this long time. I want you to be able to whenever you're done working with me as a client to be able to be like, you know what? I learned from Tyler that how to eat on Saturdays with my family. And you know what? I could probably do this every single day. And I know what portions to eat. I know how to choose healthier options at a restaurant. I know I don't have to get a burger and fry every single day or go get freaking McDonald's breakfast. I know what I can go get at Starbucks. This is stuff that I want people to learn. And it doesn't require a fad diet. It requires a lifestyle change. Yeah. Yeah. I, I And I love that. I think that is the most important thing. And I also do think those mistakes, those weekend slip ups are important to make, right? Like, like I guarantee maybe one of the Saturdays that you gave him a free day, he might've went a little too overboard and he learns, you learn those parameters, right? But the only way you can learn these parameters, you have to step outside of them, right? Like my, one of my clients drew, I do that. I give him diet breaks every so often and he's learned what he is able to do in that diet break, that four days off without, completely hindering because he's had to make the mistake like he's learned alcohol he can't go overboard with it or he'll go up two or three pounds next check-in but i ha you have to let them kind of trip and fall a little bit and then help them you pick them back up you learn through experience that's yep. that's the key man like i've had people when you know they drank way too much on a saturday night and they realized how much it affected them the next day and i said yeah that that's they, they see how their body responded. They see that they, you know, weren't able to eat their regular meals. They couldn't lose weight. And you know what? They eliminated that part of their life. Or, you know, the next time they drank, they they did, you know, less drinks. They cut mm -hmm. off at a certain point so it didn't affect them the next day. Or, you know, they did their Saturday, you know, f full off day. And, you know, maybe one of the meals didn't respond well with them and it made their digestion bad. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's go and maybe like – you know, cut out the cheese in that meal or do something a little less fatty. I think that's what's affecting you. And, you know, that's how you learn. It's a skill. All of it's, this is a skill. And, yeah. it, and it takes time to develop these skills. You're not going to learn how to do this. Like I, like I said, I've been training for a decade now and doing different diets for a decade. I know without even thinking necessarily what decisions I need to make when it comes to any food sourcing. If I have a free meal, I know how, I, how I'm going to approach it, how I'm going to approach the next day. It's just ingrained in me at this point. You know, I mean, even down to nutritional standpoint, I can eyeball almost all of my food and be within 10 grams of it because I've done it for so long. But you don't learn that in six weeks or four weeks or whatever. It takes years. And, and like we continue to say, if you want this shit as bad as you want it and you'll do whatever it takes, part of that is investing time. And a lot of it, right? See, like that, that's a big reason why, 
when when people sign up with me, I do three months, six months, or 12 month commitments. Cause I think it takes at least three months to see a good lifestyle health change. Mm-hmm. I think it takes six months to see a good physique change. And I think 12 months is what it takes to see a full on transformation of your entire life. Yep. I, I think it takes a whole year. And every person that's worked with me for a year, I could repost some of these people, but it is astonishing. What can happen in a full year from just following a plan and learning how to eat and learning to change your lifestyle? But that's why I offer those programs only. This isn't going to happen in two weeks. This isn't going to happen in one month. So when you see these diets are like lose 30 pounds in four weeks, look at those and laugh because it's a joke. Again, just fall in love with the process. Like Jesus Christ. Like I understand, like I've been there and like, wanted to lose all this weight as a morbidly obese kid and everything else. But like, again, I've just chosen to do this every day for 10 years. And that's why I'm where I'm at. Just enjoy. It's a lot more fun when you just learn to enjoy the process versus I, when you have to have this conscious thought of, I will be happy when X, Y, and Z, I'll be happy when I have abs. I'll be happy when I do this. You fucking won't, right? Like you, you will not. So just learn to like, take it and like pat yourself on the back but know that you're that's not the end game like once you get a six pack then what are you just going to quit no then it's like okay now i want to do this and i want to do that and that's how you continue to evolve physically also mentally but it's like just having the understanding that once you start this guess what you're not going to stop if you really want it as bad as you claim you do because something will always be on the horizon that you're chasing next like i'm going to be honest here like do you really want to only eat from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. for the rest of your life? Do you really want to only eat fats and protein for the rest of your life? Do you really want to have to do low carb and not eat bread for the rest of your life? Fuck that. It's that's it's all it's all stuff you don't have to do. And yeah. I, I I've gotten results with so many people to tell you you can still enjoy your life and get results as long as as you make these changes. And that's what I'm here to teach. Like, I, I feel like that's my main goal with anybody that signs up with me. I do not want you to sit here and think like bread is an, an evil thing, you know, which is taught so much, even in like school. I remember nutrition classes in school. They were like, well, you know, just cut out bread. And yeah. like, it's like, it's demonized. Carbs are demonized and nothing is necessarily horrible for you in moderation. It's portion control, making sure you're in a caloric deficit, making sure you're eating quality foods, making so sure your nu- nutrients are actually fulfilled. Yeah, it's like we like we said, like sugar isn't inherently evil. It's your relationship with it that is or not. And that's not to blame you as a person either, but it's like there could be a pound of meth in front of me. It's not inherently evil unless I use it. It can yeah. sit there. It's not doing anything to anybody. It's not inherently evil. It's not inherently great either. It's just something. And it's a matter of how you choose to use it and apply it depicts the relationship and what it is to you individually. Yeah. And I think that's a good spot for us to close out too, man. This is, you know, what we want you to get from this is fad diets, as much as they seem like they are a good thing to follow, a lot of them are too good to be true. Yeah. It's it's just... It's unrealistic type stuff. Um, a lot of it's designed by, you know, Hollywood type stuff going on, which I'll tell you, Hollywood uh, actors are the, the people training them are dumb as fuck. They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. There's so much better ways to do this stuff. If you want to look like Thor or whatever you want to look like, 
don't do it the way they did it because it's that it's diet. Fast. I'll tell you that diet isn't what actually got them there. Um, no. And and we'll we'll I'll close on this one too. Um, again, if you are a coach, and I'll put coach in quotation marks, and you are selling people on three week shred challenges. I will beat the brakes off of you. I've said this before and I will say it again. You are immoral. I don't respect you. You are a joke of a coach and you are a used car salesman for people's health. Don't do that. I will find you. I promise. I just posted on my story, uh, hire me for three weeks, lose 40 pounds. I'll beat the shit out of you. (laughs) No exceptions to this rule. I will die on this hill. I do not care. It's a joke, man. It's a joke. I think if you want to be with a coach and you don't give them at least six months of your time, you are you are far too impatient, and that needs to be a conversation of expectations for yourself. Because, um, like we've said, it takes a lot of time, and that's okay. If you learn to love the process, it makes it a lot easier, right? And you'll have a lot more fun with it, and you'll stick with it, and that's ultimately what we want you to do, right? Like, I don't want to sell someone a six month paid in full plan and them not stay with me. I want to see them hit that six months and see great results, and then renew again. Yeah, I want you to. I, I the, the greatest results I've seen from people who've been with me for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had some people that have been with me for seven, eight years now, and it's crazy where we started. I'll look back at some of them and I'm like, it's not even the same person. Yeah, it, it takes time, guys. Fall in love with it. Don't be a piece of shit if you're a coach, please. So, do you have any other tidbits of wisdom? Um, make sure that you clean behind your ears when you're showering because. You know, you don't want buildup. Clean your belly button, too. We always yes. forget about our belly buttons. One time I found a SpaghettiO in my belly button when I was younger. We'll end on that. Thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs>